0: Section 37 of Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Leonard Wilson. Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 3. SECTION 37 SELECTED EXCERPTS BY PHILIP JAMES BAILEY PHILIP JAMES BAILEY 1816 In Bailey we have a striking instance of the man whose reputation is made suddenly by a single work which obtains an amazing popularity, and which is presently almost forgotten, except as a name when in eighteen thirty nine the long poem festus appeared its author was an unknown youth who had hardly reached his majority within a few months he was a celebrity that so dignified and suggestive a performance should have come from so young a poet was considered a marvel of precocity by the literary world both english and american the author of festus was born at bassford nottinghamshire england april twenty second eighteen sixteen educated at the public schools of nottingham and at glasgow university he studied law and at nineteen entered lincoln's inn in eighteen forty he was admitted to the bar but his vocation in life appears to have been metaphysical and spiritual rather than legal his festus a poem containing fifty-five episodes or successive scenes some thirty-five thousand lines was begun in his twentieth year three years later it was in the hands of the english reading public like goethe's faust in pursuing the course of a human soul through influences emanating from the supreme good and the supreme evil in having heaven and the world as its scene in its inclusion of god and the devil the archangels and angels the powers of perdition and withal many earthly types in its action it is by no means a mere imitation of the great german its plan is wider it incorporates even more impressive spiritual material than faust offers not only is its mortal hero festus conducted through an amazing pilgrimage spiritual and redeemed by divine love but we have in the poem a conception of close association with christianity profound ethical suggestions a flood of theology and philosophy metaphysics and science picturing good and evil love and hate peace and war the past the present and the future earth heaven and hell heights and depths dominions principalities and powers god and man the whole of being and of not-being all in an effort to unmask the last and greatest secrets of infinity and more than all this festus strives to portray the sufficiency of divine love and of the divine atonement to dissipate even to annihilate evil for even lucifer and the hosts of darkness Are restored to purity and to peace among the sons of god the children of light the love of god is set forth as limitless we have before us the birth of matter at the almighty's fiat and we close the work with the salvation and ecstasy described as decreed from the beginning of whatever creature had been given a spiritual existence and made a spiritual subject and agency. There is in the doctrine of Festus no such thing as the son of perdition who shall be an ultimate castaway. Few English poems have attracted more general notice from all intelligent classes of readers than did Festus on its advent. Orthodoxy was not a little aghast at its theologic suggestions criticism of it as a literary production was hampered not a little by religious sensitiveness the london literary gazette said of it it is an extraordinary production out-heroding kant in some of its philosophy and out-gertying Goethe in the introduction of the three persons of the trinity as interlocutors in its wild plot most objectionable as it is on this account It yet contains so many exquisite passages of genuine poetry that our admiration of the author's genius overpowers the feeling of mortification at its being misapplied and meddling with such dangerous topics. The advance of liberal ideas within the churches has diminished such criticism, but the work is still a stumbling block to the less speculative of sectaries the poem is far too long and its scope too vast for even a genius of much higher and riper gifts than bailey's it is turgid untechnical in verse wordy and involved had bailey written at fifty instead of at twenty it might have shown a necessary balance and felicity of style but with all these shortcomings it is not to be relegated to the library of things not worth the time to know to the list of bulky poetic failures its author blossomed and fruited marvellously early so early and with such unlooked-for fruit that the unthinking world which first received him with exaggerated honor presently assailed him with undue dispraise Festus is not mere solemn and verbose commonplace. Here and there it has passages of great force, and even of high beauty. The author's whole heart and brain were poured into it, and neither was a common one. With all its ill-based daring and manifest crudities, it was such a tour de force, for a lad of twenty, as the world seldom sees its sluggish current bears along remarkable knowledge great reflection and the imagination of a fertile as well as a precocious brain it is a stream which carries with it things new and old and serves to stir the mind of the onlooker with unwonted thoughts were it but one-fourth as long it would still remain a favorite poem Even now it has passed through numerous editions, and been but lately republished in sumptuous form after fifty years of life, and in the catalogue of higher metaphysico-religious poetry it will long maintain an honorable place. It is cited here among the books whose fame, rather than whose importance, demand recognition. From Festus life festus men's callings all are mean and vain their wishes more so oft the man is bettered by his part or place how slight a chance may raise or sink a soul lucifer what men call accident is god's own pot he lets ye work your will it is his own but that ye mean not know not do not he doth festus what is life worth without a heart to feel the great and lovely harmonies which time and nature change responsive all writ out by preconcertive hand which swells the strain to divine fullness? feel the poetry the soothing rhythm of life's foreordered lay the sacredness of things for all things are sacred so far. The worst of them, as seen by the eye of God, they in the aspect bide of holiness. Nor shall outlaw sin be slain, though rebel band, within the scepter's length, but privileged even for service. O oh, to stand soul raptured on some lofty mountain thought! and feel the spirit expand into a view millennial life exalting of a day when earth shall have all leisure for high ends of social culture ends a liberal law and common peace of nations blent with charge divine shall win for man were joy indeed nor greatly less to know what might be now worked will for good with power for one brief hour. But look at these, these individual souls, how sadly men show out of joint with man. There are millions never think a noble thought, but with brute hate of brightness bay a mind which drives the darkness out of them like hounds. Throw but a false glare round them, and in shoals they rush upon perdition. That's the race. What charm is in this world seen to such minds? Blinded by dust, what can they do in heaven, a state of spiritual means and ends? Thus must I doubt, perpetually doubt. Lucifer who never doubted, never half believed. Where doubt, there truth is, tis her shadow. I declare unto thee that the past is not. I have looked over all life, yet never seen the age that had been. Why then fear or dream about the future? Nothing but what is, is. Else God were not the maker that he seems as constant in creating as in being. Embrace the present, let the future pass, plague not thyself about a future. That only which comes direct from God, his spirit, is deathless. Nature gravitates without effort, and so all mortal natures fall deathwards, all aspiration is a toil but inspiration cometh from above, and is no labor. The earth's inborn strength could never lift her up to yon stars whence she fell, nor human soul by native worth claim heaven as birthright, more than man may call cloudland his home. The soul's inheritance, its birthplace, and its deathplace, is of earth until god maketh earth and soul anew the one like heaven the other like himself so shall the new creation come at once sin the dead branch upon the tree of life shall be cut off for ever and all souls concluded in god's boundless amnesty festus thou windest and unwindest faith at will what am I to believe? Lucifer, thou mayest believe, but that thou art forced to. Festus, then I feel perforce that instinct of immortal life in me which prompts me to provide for it. Lucifer, perhaps. Festus, man hath a knowledge of a time to come, his most important knowledge, the weight lies nearest the short end and the world depends upon what is to be i would deny the present if the future oh there is a life to come or all's a dream lucifer and all may be a dream thou seest in thine men deeds clear moving full of speech and order then why may not all this world be but a dream of god's fear not some morning god may waken festus i would it were this life's a mystery the value of a thought cannot be told but it is clearly worth a thousand lives like many men's and yet men love to live as if mere life were worth their living for what but perdition will it be to most life's more than breath and the quick round of blood it is a great spirit and a busy heart the coward and the small in soul scarce do live one generous feeling one great thought one deed of good ere night would make life longer seem than if each year might number a thousand days spent as is this by nations of mankind. We live in deeds, not years, in thoughts, not breaths, in feelings, not in figures on a dial. We should count time by heart-throbs. He most lives, who thinks most, feels the noblest, acts the best. Life's but a means unto an end, that end beginning mean and end to all things god the dead have all the glory of the world why will we live and not be glorious we never can be deathless till we die it is the dead when battles and the breath of those who through the world drive like a wedge tearing earth's empires up nears death so close it dims his well-worn scythe. But no, the brave die never. Being deathless, they but change their country's arms for more, their country's heart. Give then the dead their due. It is they who saved us. The rapid and the deep, the fall, the gulf, have likenesses in feeling and in life. And life, so varied, hath more loveliness in one day than a creeping century of sameness. But youth loves and lives on change, till the soul sighs for sameness, which at last becomes variety and takes its place. Yet some will last to die out, thought by thought, and power by power, and limb of mind by limb, Like lamps upon a gay device of glass, Till all of soul that's left be dry and dark, Till even the burden of some ninety years hath crashed into them like a rock, Shattered their system as if ninety suns had rushed to ruin earth, Or heaven had rained its stars, Till they become like scrolls unreadable through dust and mold can they be cleaned and read do human spirits wax and wane like moons lucifer the eye dims and the heart gets old and slow the lithe limbs stiffen and the sun-hued locks thin themselves off or whitely wither still ages not spirit, even in one point immeasurably small, from orb to orb, rising in radiance ever like the sun shining upon the thousand lands of earth. THE PASSING BELL CLARA True prophet mayest thou be, but list that sound the passing bell the spirit should solemnize for while on its emancipate path the soul still waves its upward wings and we still hear the warning sound it is known we well may pray festus but pray for whom Clara, it means not pray for all pray for the good man's soul he is leaving earth for heaven and it soothes us to feel that the best may be forgiven. Festus. Pray for the sinful soul, it fleeth we know not where, but wherever it be let us hope, for God is there. Clara. Pray for the rich man's soul, not all be unjust nor vain, the wise he consoled, and he saved the poor from pain. Festus. Pray for the poor man's soul, the death of this life of ours he hath shook from his feet, he is one of the heavenly powers. Pray for the old man's soul, he hath labored long, through life it was battle or march, he hath ceased, serene, from strife. Clara Pray for the infant's soul, with its spirit-crown unsoiled, he hath won without war a realm, gained all, nor toiled. Festus. Pray for the struggling soul, the mists of the straits of death clear off, in some bright star-isle it anchoreth. Pray for the soul assured, though it wrought in a gloomy mine, yet the gems it earned were its own, that soul's divine Clara, pray for the simple soul for it loved and therein was wise though itself knew not but with heaven confused the skies festus pray for the sage's soul neath his welkin wide of mind lay the central thought of god thought undefined pray for the souls of all to our god that all may be with forgiveness crowned and joy eternally clara hush for the bell hath ceased and the spirit's fate is sealed to the angels known to man best unrevealed thoughts festus well farewell mr student May you never regret those hours which make the mind, if they unmake the body. For the sooner we are fit to be all mind, the better. Blessed is he whose heart is the home of the great dead, and their great thoughts. Who can mistake great thoughts? They seize upon the mind, arrest and search and shake it. Bow the tall soul as by wind rush over it like a river over weeds which quaver in the current turn us cold and pale and voiceless leaving in the brain a rocking and a ringing glorious but momentary madness might it last and close the soul with heaven as with a seal in lieu of all these things whose loss thou mournest if earnestly or not I know not, use the great and good and true which ever live, and are all common to pure eyes and true. Upon the summit of each mountain thought, worship thou God, with heaven uplifted head and arms horizon stretched, for deity is seen from every elevation of the soul. Study the light. Attempt the high, seek out the soul's bright path, And since the soul is fire, of heat intelligential, Turn it aye to the all-fatherly source of light and life. Piety purifies the soul to see visions perpetually of grace and power, Which to their sight who in ignorant sin abide, are now as e'er incognizable obey thy genius for a minister it is unto the throne of fate draw towards thy soul and centralize the rays which are around of the divinity keep thy spirit pure from worldly taint by the repellent strength of virtue think on noble thoughts and deeds ever count o'er the rosary of truth and practise precepts which are proven wise it matters not then what thou fearest walk boldly and wisely in that light thou hast there is a hand above will help thee on i am an omnist and believe in all religions fragments of one golden world to be relit yet and take its place in heaven, where is the whole, soul truth, in deity. Meanwhile his word, his law, writ soul-wise here, study. Its truths love, practice its behests, they will be with thee when all else have gone. Mind, body, passion, all wear out, not faith nor truth. Keep thy heart cool, or rule its heat to fixed ends. Waste it not upon itself. Not all the agony may be of the damned, Fused in one pang, vies with that earthquake-throb Which wakens soul from life-waste To let see the world rolled by for aye, And we must wait for our next chance the nigh eternity. WHETHER IT BE IN HEAVEN OR ELSEWHERE. DREAMS Festus. The dead of night, earth seems but seeming, the soul seems but a something dreaming. The bird is dreaming in its nest of song and sky, and loved one's breast. The lap-dog dreams as round he lies in moonshine of his mistress's eyes. The steed is dreaming in his stall of one long breathless leap and fall. The hawk hath dreamed him thrice of wings wide as the skies he may not cleave, but waking feels them clipped and clings mad to the perch twere mad to leave. The child is dreaming of its toys, the murderer of calm home joys. The weak are dreaming endless fears, the proud of how their pride appears. The poor enthusiast who dies of his life-dreams the sacrifice, sees, as enthusiast only can, the truth that made him more than man and hears once more in visioned trance the voice commanding to advance where wealth is gained love wisdom won or deeds of danger dared and done the mother dreameth of her child the maid of him who hath beguiled the youth of her he loves too well the good of god the ill of hell who live of death of life who die the dead of immortality the earth is dreaming back her youth hell never dreams for woe is truth and heaven is dreaming o'er her prime long ere the morning stars of time and dream of heaven alone can i my lovely one when thou art nigh chorus of the saved from the conclusion father of goodness son of love spirit of comfort be with us god who hast made us god who hast saved god who hast judged us thee we praise heaven our spirits hallow our hearts let us have god light endlessly ours is the wide world heaven on heaven what have we done lord worthy this oh we have loved thee that alone maketh our glory duty meed oh we have loved thee love we will ever and every soul of us god of the saved god of the tried god of the lost ones be with all let us be near thee ever and aye oh let us love thee infinite end of section 37 recording by leonard wilson of springfield ohio